You are listening to a podcast of the Christian Counseling and Educational Foundation. CCEF is committed to restoring Christ to counseling and counseling to the church. You can find our podcasts, books, articles, videos, and many more resources for Christ-centered pastoral care at our website, ccef.org. Welcome to CCEF on the Go. I'm your host, Alistair Groves, a faculty member here at CCEF. Today, I'm sitting down with Mike Emlett and with Aaron Cerrone. Both of them are also faculty members at CCEF. And what I want to talk about today, guys, is uh, the topic of self-care. And I want to think about it probably from a couple different angles. But the place I would like to start is, um, I guess, by sort of I'll pose it as a problem. I don't know if problem is the best way to put it, but it, but the 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 problem with the idea of self-care for counselors or really anyone in ministry, but we're probably especially thinking the specifics of our work as those who counsel others as a big piece of what we do in our professional ministry. Um, the, the problem goes something like this. Uh, we all instinctively and intuitively get that if you don't take care of yourself, if you're unwise with uh, your body, mind, soul, whatever, uh, things don't tend to go very well. And on the flip side, you have Jesus saying, um, you know, take up your cross and follow me. He doesn't say, you know, when you've got yourself a nice cushy comfort zone, then if there's anything left over for other people, you know, give it to them in love if you feel like it. And so somewhere in, in, in between those two things is, uh, is, is wisdom. And I'm trying to think through how do we get our heads around that? What, and what does that then look like wisely played out? So I think the way I want to pose the question to us initially is, is it biblical? Is it right? Is it appropriate to say, how should I be doing self-care as a counselor? Is the, is the concept of self-care even a righteous good, wise, biblical concept for us. I'm putting it provocatively, um, and then we can talk a bit more about, about where we go with it. But how do you guys answer that question? Do you like that term? Do you hate that term? Um, where, where do you go with that? Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll start off initially. Um, certainly it's not a, a, a term you're going you're gonna to find in Scripture. Sort of as you alluded, self-denial is probably a more common thing that you'll, that you'll see. So what is that? What does that mean? Well, that, you know, it's easy to go to, to extremes, but I think um, clearly a, a theme that you see in Scripture is human finitude and the need to live within our finite created capacities. And so I think that is a, that's a theme, I mean, Sabbath uh, in and of itself uh, and we can if we go there fine if not that's fine too but just there's there's something about God instituting Sabbath that's, that is a reminder that we are not the masters of the universe and we need to take into account our finitude so I I think it's I think it's there uh, it, certainly in, implicitly recognizing that we live as created beings, bodies, um, who, who have limits. Yeah. Aaron? Yeah. You know, there is an awkwardness with the word self-care, um, because, um, the way it's spoken of so often in, in, in other fields, let's say in our, um, neighbors, um, 
in the, in the psychologies is it's it's all about doing things that um, are wise, I, I suppose, or have a, a um, uh, an impression of wisdom, such as, you know, take enough vacation, have a hobby, eat right, exercise, the things that are all very good, all very important to health. Um, and they um, get put into this category of self-care, um, but really don't scratch the itch of what it means to be doing ministry and doing it with vitality, mm-hmm. with longevity. And getting to the question that you're asking, I, I um, um, uh, Christopher Ash wrote a book on burnout in ministry. And the, the one thing that, that's, that caught my attention immediately, and I thought he had put his finger on is, is he, just in articulating um, or expositing uh, Romans 12, where, where Paul says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice. And all um, what Christopher Ash did would say, what is a living sacrifice? Uh, this sacrifice has to be sustainable. This, this, this sacrifice has to continue if it's living. And what's the difference between a living sacrifice and a sacrifice that burns up and has nothing less to, to give? Um, and I just thought that, that very simple um, taking of Romans 12 um, mm-hmm. put, a, put, put something to the question that you're asking is, is, is it okay? Is it, um, can we talk about, you know, what's the balance between living in a costly way um, for others, pouring ourselves on, out on behalf of others, while also doing so out of a vitality that is sustainable. Yeah. You know, just hearing you, uh, the Romans 12 piece, and then connecting it to Paul saying, you know, I'm glad to be poured out as a drink offering for you. That poured out has less of that sort of living, sustainable, and more of the like, oh, man, you know. Mm-hmm. But I but I am thinking how easily we shift from a mindset of, I want to love well and long and hard, and I want to be someone who can do that sustainably over time versus I want to be someone who sacrifices. I want Where the focus is on me being a sacrificer rather than on the love and the good I could accomplish for another person. It makes me think of C.S. Lewis's article, The Weight of Glory, which he begins by saying, if you ask people what the greatest virtue is, most people today would say unselfishness. But in the you know, the ancient fathers would have said love. You see what's happened. We've substituted um, a, a negative for a, a positive that, that should be there. As if the point was you going without rather than the point being giving some good to to others. And so I think to the extent that we, if our focus is on, well, unless I'm, unless I'm like riding just under the line of burnout, I'm not working hard enough. As if the point was how hard am I working rather than... I have the opportunity to love. I have the opportunity to give. I have the opportunity to be a living sacrifice, to be poured out as a drink offering. And it's not actually so much about how hard is this on me, so much as what is the good that I can do for others. That doesn't answer my question of self-care, but it does, I think, speak to at least something that I feel, which is something like a a works mentality that can be very guilt-driven, performance-driven. Am I working hard enough? And where's the line? You know, How hard do I have to go before I can say, okay, God isn't really asking any more of me? Again, as if my working hard enough was the focus. And that can devolve into a 
in a sense, a rules-based, uh, both for work and for, for rest. I deserve right. X, um, or mm. I need a break today, so to speak. Right. Um, or I can't as, do ministry until I get my break today. Or Right. As opposed to living out of a... Um, out of a just a, a relational union with Christ, with love as the focus, there, there are going to be seasons where we're we're pressed beyond what we think we can we can do, but we really sense the Lord calling us. And then there are seasons where it is it is right and good, and ultimately for the benefit of others around us and others down the line from us. Uh, that we'll have the opportunity to minister to, that we um, that we engage in cultivating vitality and and rest. Hmm. Yeah. You know, Austin, let me let me take a different tack um, to answering this question and uh, on, on self care or soul care, and that is so oftentimes when you read others talking about uh, taking care of yourself and sustainable ministry. Um, you hear about things that are done outside of ministry um, and around ministry as opposed to what actually happens as you're relating, as you're loving people, as you're uh, caring for others. And I find that um, um, just how I'm wired, I, I, if I'm going to be in ministry long term, I want to be able to enjoy the ministry that I'm doing. And what is it? What are the things that... Um, uh, and not just sacrifice it and be miserable and and then go to, you know, Maui for a week, you know, and, and that's as if that's going to replenish me. Right. Um, you know, I want to go home each day. I mean, obviously, their hard, days are harder than others. But to say, you know, I am pacing my day. I am doing the type of ministry that I should be doing. Um, I am and, and, and I'm, I'm building in Sabbath you know, throughout the day, not where I'm checking out, but where I'm giving myself enough time to, um, to read, to, to pray, to, um, to eat, you know, I mean, just things that little things that make all the difference to reflect on what I'm doing, what conversation I had, where we're going. Um, if I don't do those things, um, the, you know, um, a va- any vacation, whether it's a week or two or three or, or more, is not going to do, is not going to be sustainable, is not going to do what I wanted to do. I, I had an interesting conversation. This was years ago when I was uh, working as a family physician, and I came back to the place of my training and was talking uh, with one of, uh, one of my mentors. And, and at that point, was feeling pretty overwhelmed in terms of the pace uh, of medical practice. And he asked me a very interesting question. He said, are you stealing from your patients? And I, I was like, what are you talking about? But what he meant was exactly what Aaron was saying. Like, is there, is there something even in the encounter that you're, that it's a gift, you know, that, you're, that your patient gave you of him or herself? Is there something that you, that you take away and can take away mm. that is nourishing? Uh, and, mm. and, and relationship enhancing. That was, I thought that was a very great, uh, great help in terms of what he said. So wait a minute. Was he saying, um, when, are you stealing from your patients? He's saying we should be giving and taking in those interactions or no? Oh, absolutely. It's a both, what he was saying is it's, it's so easy in a, in a place of service to just see it as a one-way yeah, yeah. street. Like, I, I am ministering to this person. But yet, 
that person, there are ways in which that person is is a gift to yep. us. So he, he meant, he, to translate his term stealing, he you're using it to basically like, are you also receiving from your patients? Yeah. That's the way he... He, he, he put it provocatively. provocatively that's to, right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Which was like, I what like are you it. talking right. about? You're like, no, no, I'm not. I'm not. It's really important that you know yeah. there's no embezzlement here. Yeah, the way that I would say that in, in counseling ministry is, am I learning from, the, let's say, the couple that's in front of me? You know, like every person that we're counseling, that we get to care for and, and, and bear burdens with and help and challenge... Um, if I can't, if I'm not learning from this person something, um, it's no fun. I mean, at some point, I'm not doing a good job. I'm not really um, uh, uh, connecting well with these folks, right? Because, I mean, there's times where I'll sit back, just a thought, something someone's done outside of session together, um, what a, you know, the way a husband's talking to his wife. I'm sitting back thinking, oh man, he's going to, He's going to shut down or he's going to come unglued and he just is patient. And I'm thinking, oh, Lord, you know, may that be growing. I can do this with my, I mean, God help me to, um, to grow in this. Or, right? Just the, the learning, the stealing from, as, as he was saying, but the, the learning from the people we get to, to counsel. Yeah. I wanted to go back to something you said, Aaron, just in terms of... Um, cultivating uh, vitality and spiritual life throughout the day. I think that's really important um, that this is not sometimes sometimes when it when we think of self-care um, it, it feels event oriented like I work and then I have this event called vacation or or something like that um, and and so the the question would be, can we can we participate in in things during the day, such as a pause to consider how how can I be grateful for these last four hours? What what how has the Lord revealed His grace and mercy uh, during during this uh, this period of time? And what am I anticipating for for the next four hours? And can I ask for for prayer for that? That's uh, that that's an ongoing that's that's cultivating spiritual life as uh, you know as a lifestyle rather than this kind of event you know rest as an event uh, as opposed to this is part of the warp and move of day-to-day life yeah yeah that's right i think i i would i would add and, and i want to drive us more in toward that sort of practical stuff that you're beginning to say mike about like so what do you actually what does this look like well it looks like taking a pause in the middle of the day to cultivate thankfulness like that's i can do something with that but but as I as I think about it, it seems like um, as I look at my own life, I'd say some of the biggest um, barriers to what feels like doing this wisely is is a sort of I've always got one more thing to do. If I can, I need to get three things done in the next two minutes. You know that sort of endless sense of the burden of these tasks I have that I think is probably being undergirded often by a. Um, a, a messiah complex, a sense of I need to make the world work. I need to make, uh, I need to fix people. I need to write this, and unless I do that, just that that the the hamster wheel effect of responsibility, even at home. Um, and I think uh, if I can combine the things I hear you saying, on the one hand, like part of enjoying ministry is receiving from your patients, is learning from your patients, is, is even just uh, your patients, your people you're talking to. 
I'm in the medical model. Yep, They're sorry the about patients, that. you know, it's snuck into my language here. But um, I, I am, um, I am wanting to uh, delight in what I'm doing, and and do it with the Lord, and have it be an enjoyable experience mm-hmm, of mm-hmm. I'm walking out His, um, yeah, His plans here. On the flip side, um, to do that well. There is something about, I think for me, the idea of stewardship has been helpful. I don't know if I took that from you, Mike. Is that? It may be. I mean, is that because I, and I, I originally, I think, was helped by an article written by a psychologist in uh, Wheaton by, named Sally Canning, who wrote okay. about self-care and talked that's about right. how that's right. she actually preferred, she thought a more biblical way to think about self-care was stewardship uh, of, one, of oneself. Right. And I really of your, resonated Of your with body, that. of your energy. Because at some level, um, if your kid's up all night and you're in the next day, you're you need to trust the Lord to give you the wisdom and the instincts and the time and the whatever, and you have to fight through to work with the people who are there coming for help. On the flip side, uh, if you can get eight hours of sleep, you will be a better counselor. You'll be better set up. It'll be less of a temptation or a struggle to cut corners. I mean, just there's such a you know, the wisdom of getting enough sleep, if you can't, it doesn't mean if you don't get enough sleep, you can't counsel. It just means if you're up till three, cause you're playing video games, um, that is not, uh, good stewardship. that's not good stewardship of your time. Just like if you're up till three, you know, prepping for your sessions and then you're waking up at six to go in. <laughs> this is, for me, this is not a confession. <laughs> no, I, uh, I, I get good sleep and that's my confession is sometimes I'm like, I probably should have stayed up and finished that. Um, <laughs> No, it, yeah, there's such a there's such a, a delicate balance, and for me, stewardship puts it back into the category of how do I how do I use all the resources God has given me time, money, energy, learning, uh, wise, thoughtful pause before I go into a session. Um, how do I steward what I've been given? Mm-hmm. Th- that helps me put it in the language of okay, my desire, and my goal here is love. It's not a me first, and then you get the leftovers, which is. I have found the language of self-care hard to to navigate biblically. I, I think the idea is, is right and good, and I'm, I don't even object to the term. I think it means it's fairly helpful because it's obvious what it means. Like, hey, you've got to take care of this if you're going to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but stewardship has been a very helpful word for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think uh, even in that uh, the article that I uh, that I remember reading by Sally Canning, she also uses the the metaphor of an endowment, right? An endowment mm-hmm. is meant uh, to be to be used. It's not just a pot of money mm-hmm. sitting there, but it's meant to be used. But it can if, if you overuse an endowment, you have no endowment, then it's gone. And so that's a it's a great uh, way to think about, I think, stewardship. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that, that metaphor only goes so far. I mean, ultimately, it's not that we're stewarding us, ourselves, and our own strength. It is, it is ultimately, it's ultimately in union with Jesus. Um, and, and so I think that's, that's a, obviously an important difference. Yeah. Let me, uh, got a couple minutes left here. Um, can we each give one, maybe two, just practical ways we were trying to play this out. Whether it's, here's here's things I do to help me enjoy, learn from, receive from the ministry, or here's things I do outside of ministry that I find uh, keep that endowment from getting spent. Like what, what are one or two things that each of us does? Hmm. Um, so very practically, 
uh, I read, and I read a lot, um, and I and I don't I less and less consider that an indulgence, um, but will give um, weight to regular reading where I am just engaging with an author who um, is enriching me personally, spiritually. Um, and I think that oftentimes for for people in ministry falls to the wayside or we're just reading to produce instead of reading to to know we're not alone, to know that there's others out there who who are, are much wiser, much more godly, who uh, who um, yeah, who, who who know where we live. And so I think reading is is hugely important for us um, um, who are counseling and, and in ministry. The other thing, I mean, another practical thing that I do is I write progress notes, and I do it right after I counsel. Now, not that everyone's different in the timing of when you have a time to really reflect on what happened, what was said, what did you miss, what did you perceive, what did they say, where are we going, um, what is the, the next most needful thing, the next step in the You're right... You're stressing me out. Help me. ...direction. <laughs> You know, it, it, it's just the thinking. You, you, the person is not in front of you. The couple's yeah. not in front of you, and you just have time to to reflect. Mm-hmm. And you're not on. Mm-hmm. You're not on, right? And you're praying. You're prayerful, and you're thinking, where do we find this in Scripture? What is? What is? You know, what does this couple need? What does this person mm-hmm. need? And where are we going? And um, the ability to reflect upon what just happened, whether you do it right afterward or a day later. Um, where your mind is fresh and you still have the, all the emotion, all the, you know, where things are actually um, coming into focus, even though they didn't come into focus. That, that, you know, I, oftentimes when I was early in counseling, I would think, oh, if that would have, I've only thought that, you know, in the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's not how it works. Um, um, and just having that ability to, to think through what, they shared where the person was at, what they need, where we're going, to pray, mm. and to um, to put it away. Then to put it to bed. Maybe I do. Maybe I take an action step. Maybe I say, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna go do this. I'm gonna write this email. I'm gonna call. I'm gonna do something. Follow up on something. Or maybe it's just okay. I have I have put this um, to bed in, in the sense that I, I I don't need to keep. Thinking and and dwelling and stressing and worrying, yeah. you know, whatever for the until I see this person next. Depending on the, you know, I'm not talking huh. about a crisis situation. I'm not talking about sure. a, whether something but, that I must do. But it just helps me emotionally and spiritually to really think well, to really plan for where we're going, and then to put it to bed. Yeah. So in essence, you're taking the very worst part of the job, and you're turning it into this beautiful spiritual discipline of saying, A, I'm giving myself time to think and reflect without the stress and pressure yeah. of being in the moment. And mm-hmm. and B, there's a uh, there's a, a liturgical, if, if you will, in sort of James K.A. Smith's sense of the word liturgical, to to put this to rest. There's actually an entrusting to the Lord that happens exactly. as I write it. I know that. And, and you, yet, at the end of that, you're, you're saying, as I say, put it to rest. I'm saying, I'm not God. Right, mm-hmm. right. right? And I place this in your hands, Lord. Like here's That's here are my right. reflections, my hopes, my desires. Here's where I want to go next time. Yeah. Here you go, Lord. Mm-hmm. Huh. And I'm gonna go now. I'm gonna care for someone else, or I'm gonna go home and I'm gonna be 100 there for my family. Will you write my notes too? <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> Mike. What about you? 
Yeah, I think that's I think that's very helpful, Aaron. And, and kind of a, a theme inherent in what you're saying is taking time to to pause or to to slow down. And and the the uh, verse that comes to mind is is Psalm 34: A taste and see that the Lord is is good. Um, the pausing, in a sense, to notice the the multifaceted character of the Lord. In a, in a variety of ways. It may come out in your interaction with someone. I mean, I think that's sort of what, that's inherent in what you're, in what you're saying. Um, but one, one way that I, I find it helpful is to, to notice, I, I really enjoy the outdoors, I enjoy creation, being able to, to revel in that um, and offer gratitude to the Lord and make connections with what I'm experiencing in, in the physical world. Uh, I like to garden. That's I think that helps uh, as well in terms of to use C.S. Lewis's phrase, follow the sunbeam to the to the sun. And there, what are these creational markers uh, of that I see of of the Lord in in His creation? So I find that that's a that's a place that it's not it's not that that ultimately moves vertically to to praise and gratitude. And and I think the more time I spend cultivating gratitude, the, the less time there is for discontent, the less I'm more likely to, to move towards a, a burnout or um, making poor decisions about self-stewardship. Yeah. You know, I, I resonate with a, a number of things you've said, although <clears throat> I need to grow in my writing up of notes as a spiritual rejoicing but um, I think I think what I would what I'll add is um, a couple different ways of saying the same thing. But I, I've been trying to stop living at ninety nine percent of full throttle, and try to start living at ninety six percent of full throttle, which is my way of articulating. There's something about the franticness, the breathlessness, the oh, I've got to go do one more thing of ninety nine percent that I I'm I'm not wanting to be lazy. I'm not wanting to, but I'm just I'm wanting to leave a little bit more to glean around the edges of my life. I'm wanting to you know, walk just a little bit more slowly down the hall, um, rather than feeling like I have to run from A to B. I'm wanting to, um, and, and probably the biggest place I find it playing out for me right now is, uh, just stopping a little bit earlier in the evening. And whether that's cause I was actually doing stuff for my job, you know, capital J, or whether it was just that I had emails I was trying to respond to in my personal account or things I was trying to do around the house or just stopping a little bit earlier in the evening so that there can be a breath before bed. And then especially having, carving out 15, 20 minutes to just read a novel and just enjoy that uh, sort of letting the day go, giving the day into the Lord's hands, doing something I really enjoy, and then going to bed with the day sort of a bit distant. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I, I go to sleep more quickly um, when I do that. And there is a sort of a, a, an enjoyment that I look forward to. And no, there's this little thing that's there and it doesn't consume me. I'm actually then less tempted to uh, to read too long or read more when I shouldn't. And um, so I just, I feel like there's been something in my evenings, uh, of late that I'm filing under this category of pulling back from 99%. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, that's been really helpful. Maybe one, one other comment in that I remember something that, uh, Kevin DeYoung, uh, was talking about in his book, Crazy Busy, um, where he, where he says that so often our, 
our work and our rest become intermingled and they're and they're never separated so when we're working we, we're feeling like oh we need a rest and when we're resting we feel like we need to work and i should I think be working what you, what you described alistair that that pulling back like this is here's a sacred time that that work's not going to intrude and it is it's it's restorative it's it's replenishing and i think that's that's helpful sometimes we, we're trying to do we're, we're never fully present then in the moment whether it's work or whether it's rest right and we're feeling either guilt or unhealthy yearning to be somewhere else to be doing somewhere else there's that pull away so guys thank you so much i really appreciate the the thoughts uh this gives me some some food for further consideration and i i hope it gives you who are listening some as well one resource that i have found particularly helpful in thinking about topics around self-care and stewarding my soul uh, is actually a talk that Mike gave at our 2015 conference called Persevering in Ministry. Uh, I've always found it very practical and and actually quite convicting. Uh, Mike and I have actually several times talked about uh, revisiting this material and thinking, oh boy, I'm seeing all of these danger signs that he flags in that talk uh, in my own life right now. This is this is helpful. So if you want to download that um, talk, you can do so for free until the next episode goes up. Just go to ccf.org slash podcast, and you'll find it right under uh, today's episode. Feel free to email us with questions. You can do that at podcast at ccef.org, and we'd love to hear from you. Till next time, blessings. Blessings.